Hello, everyone. This is the Indian Diaspora Podcast. Uh, this is your host, Shashi, back with episode 33. And I'm joined by my co-hosts, Vijay and Neeraj. Vishwas is taking a break today. Uh, and today we're going to talk about things that we used to collect as children and probably things that we've, step, that we've kept collecting even as adults. Uh, as children, you know, again, growing up in India, you know, with, with very little television, uh, collecting and things of these kinds were hobbies for all of us. Uh, and all of us had something that we were collecting, probably in many cases the same things. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. I have to say I was a big coin collector, and I'll talk a little bit about that. But let me start off with my co-host. Vijay, tell me, um, what hobbies did you have in terms of collecting? Yeah, so I think what you talked about, you know, in our childhood, those hobbies of collecting things like stamps and coins was definitely something that... Uh, I, as well as my sister, were into. And I must say that uh, at some point it was a bit of an obsession and uh, somewhat stressful too because uh, there was a lot of comparing. Who's got how many stamps? Which country stamps do you have? Uh, you could end up uh, buying. So you would, some people would actually go out and buy the collections of stamps. And, and we had this book. You know, we'd buy this big notebook and we would write the name of the country on the top and we would stick these stamps in there. Um, and it, it, I remember some of the names of the, that's, I, maybe that's when I gained some perspective on, you know, how big the world was and how many countries were out there. And a lot of the names of the countries on the stamps would tend to be not, you know, they would be different. Like I remember Magyar Posta or CCCP, you know, for, for, uh, USSR, etc. It was a lot of fun. Coins was a completely different thing. I didn't have that many. But there were some interesting incidents in my life uh, because we were in the army. Uh, the army would have exchange programs with uh, officers from other countries. So, they, you know, in some of the units where we were posted, there was a section with the quarters where some of these uh, young officers from other parts of the world would come and live. And we would go and hit them up for coins. We would just show up three or four kids and say, hello, uncle, we are kids collecting coins. Do you have anything you can share with us? And uh, they would sort of have some banter and conversation and they would pull out a few coins from their country's collection and give it to us. So that was one way in which we would collect those. And that felt more organic to me. It felt like we were actually going through some work and process to collect. The stamps were just sort of, they came from all sorts of places. We probably bought a bunch of them. And then there was one more interesting thing, which now I'm trying to even figure out what they were. These things were called inland letters and they would have stamps on them. Uh, do you remember that, Shashi? What yeah, was that? So because there was these postcard thingies with stamps and we would collect those too. What were those? Well, so postcards used to come with stamps. Uh, you know, like the regular postcards in India the were with the 15 pesos stamps. But if you're sending like picture postcards, and especially if they were coming from abroad, you would have to put a stamp on them. And that was one good way to get, um, to get stamps off them. But inland letters, these were the blue letters, but you have to put a stamp on them as well. And, uh, you know, like many, like actually, like most countries in the world, India was always producing commemorative stamps. And there was, you know, many children who used to go around collect, collecting these commemorative stamps that were celebrating sort of various personalities or events and things of that kind. Um, and many kids had, you know, quite a good collection, quite a wide collection of these commemorative stamps. Yeah, I think that's what I'm remembering. These were these uh, first issue stamps or something like that, right? So you yes. would collect them. Yeah, and... so, you know, so basically in Philately, I can tell you a lot about this these days, Vijay, because I'm on the board of Royal Mail. And uh, we issue stamps, and so I know quite a bit about this. So basically, every time um, any postal system issues a new stamp, um, they'll put it for philatelic collections. I mean, they'll usually issue a batch of, you know, four or eight or ten or whatever stamps, 
and there are these things called first day covers, which is basically a, you know an envelope with a stamp on it, and it's already stamped. So the philatelic stamps and the first day covers, all these things have value. And in the old days, when stamp collection was a big thing, people would go around collecting the first day covers in addition to the stamps. That's the exact term that I was missing. First day covers. I remember that now. We had a bunch of those too. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Vijay, in what you said, in many cases, the, the stamps were marked with the name of the country or the name of the postal system, often in their own script. So they were not necessarily in the Latin script. I mean, Indian stamps were always marked in both Hindi and Devanagari and in English. But that was not true of all other systems. So very often you would get a stamp and you would look at it and say, I have no idea where this is from. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun because we wondered what that was. Uh, but then friends would have it and we would compare notes. And there was a lot of trading going on too. So I'm assuming you indulged in that too. This was like, okay, I'll give you these if you give me those. And people used to have duplicate stamps and we would do a bunch of trading. And this whole, uh, you know, comparing these albums and uh, some people chose to put them. We, we stuck them on these papers, but yeah, some yeah, people yeah. would put them in these sleeves. And so they were in much more pristine condition. And then yeah. you'd say, oh, man, I should have done that. So really, really interesting as children uh, getting into this. And we didn't have that much access, right? We were uh, sort of in these army outposts and stuff yeah. like that. So <clears throat> I don't know. I'm trying to remember how we even got into it and why it became such a big thing for a few years considering that we were out in these little places. It's really interesting how these kinds of things sort of permeate into the, you know, uh, different parts of India. No, completely. And, and, you know, I mean, we can talk a little bit more about collecting stamps and coins. In our family, my brother used to collect stamps and I used to collect coins, but I'll talk a little bit more about that. Neeraj, what were you collecting? So I had a very small collection of coins and stamps. Uh, I did not have access to the exotic and acquisitive, uh, you know, collections, uh, sorry, the coins and stamps. But there was one unique one that was, I'm not sure if anybody else did it, but I know back in my school days, I was diligently doing it. That was Matchboxes. Right. Does anybody remember Matchbox collections? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Matchboxes <laughs> and soap covers used to be collected so items me, as well. Yeah, for me, it was Matchboxes. And if you remember, I think it was Gold Spot or Campa Cola, or maybe both, had started this plastic you know this plastic insert under the metal lid <laughs> that if you open take it out had some uh, alphabets or or some you know some cryptic clue that you used to solve puzzles in their magazines so that was one and that actually went to a point of obsession where i had to get like all these alphabets that had to make the word gold spot or whatever that you know word of the month was so that temporarily went to an obsession step uh, and it was costly too because you had to buy gold spot or Kempa Cola yeah, and that was 10 yeah. rupees and it wasn't cheap. So so I had to stop that very quickly. The third one was, I forgot the brand of the chewing gum, but inside the chewing gum or the bubble gum used to be these cricketers uh, postcards, like the size of the you know postal stamps. So you would have a booklet and you would have to complete the cricket team of 1983 World Cup winning championship or Ashes series or whatever. Again, those were costly because you had to buy chewing gum to get those stickers out. So, but the matchbox was the freebie because I didn't have, I, like, you know, I was only what, 10, 12 years old. I wasn't smoking or anything. But you would go around the street asking all these uncles saying, hey, uncle, what kind of matches do you use? Can I have your matchbox? And there were some that were outside, not just outside Rajasthan where I lived, 
outside India. And I, I don't even remember now, it's such an old story, but I had a good exotic collection of matchboxes. So that was the weirdest one of all, I think, uh, since I started collecting and stopped doing it. So, Neeraj, do you still have your matchbox collection? Oh, no, 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 no. My dad found out and he thought I was like getting into smoking or something. And he was right. curious about it, but then he realized what it was. And uh, our house went through so much renovation. We lived in an old house that was given to my parents when they had moved during partition. So, it was like a really old, dilapidated, heavily kind of thing, right? So, during renovation, things got lost and my matchbox collection got lost. Uh, and I, good or bad, I was never uh, emotionally connected to these things so much that if they got lost, they got lost. And same thing with my lot of high school stuff, my high school photographs, my Kharagpur photographs completely lost. So luckily, I was not that emotionally connected to these items and uh, have no regrets yeah. even if they got lost. You know, I mean, the reason I was asking is that, um, I, I don't know, but like maybe five years ago, there was an article on the BBC website <clears throat> where somebody had, you know, an amazing collection of matchbox covers and uh, he had put them on display. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure every country had this, but definitely in India, the type of matchbox covers, the varieties that were available were just amazing. And just looking at this article and looking at these pictures, I was able to remember quite a few of these things. Like, remember the ghoda chop, the horse, horse cover that used to come on? That was probably one of the most popular matchboxes yep. uh, in our childhood and 27 there was another one called matchbox 27 yeah but but you know when you actually looked at them um, the variety of matchbox covers was just incredible and they were advertising there was all kind of subliminal messaging going on with these matchbox covers which i found really um, i mean if, you know if i find this article again i'll i'll send it to you guys because i think you'll enjoy it yeah, you should, you should do that because I find this very cool. I think I completely missed the Matchbox cover craze, which you guys are talking about. So I'd be fascinated to learn more about it. But I think yeah. the other thing that uh, Neeraj pointed out is interesting, the hook with cricket into everything. So with oh, yeah. the soft drink uh, caps now, I remember what, what that was. It was, you if you collected the right bottle caps, there were rewards. And one of the most coveted rewards were these flip books. So I don't know if you remember these flip books where they had cricketers like hitting a shot. Or I remember the one I was, my favorite was Kapil Dev running up on his run up and throwing the ball. And if you flip the pages, you could see that animation. And these were extremely coveted and popular. And if you had the right collection of bot uh, bottle caps, you could get those. So I remember we used to all be craving for that. And then now that you talk about cricket, I also remember for a phase, I was very much into collecting if you remember the magazine Sports Star, which was, you know, the sports oh, yeah. magazine in India, and yeah. they would always have the centerfold with a big poster of one of the star cricketers. And you know, we were all so much into cricket that we used to try and collect uh, the, the posters of our favorite stars. So that was another thing that was big in my childhood, I guess. Yeah, you know, so <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> I'll look for this article on, on Matchbox covers. So I got into coin collecting when I was only about nine. And it's interesting how I got into it because my father had traveled abroad a couple of times and had lived in Russia in, uh, in, in Soviet times in the early 1960s. And so he had brought back with him a few Russian Soviet coins, uh, coins and notes, and they were kept in this very beautiful lacquered box. I still have that box actually with me. 
So I had this endless fascination both with the box and with the few coins in it because, you know, again, you're growing up in India, what do you know about anywhere else in the world? So this was like this tiny little window into the outside world. And so I got fascinated with that. And that's how my coin collection started. And then I would go around and advertise to anyone that I was collecting coins. And if, if people had anything that they could give me, then I would be very thankful for it. And uh, I would go and sort of uh, beg neighbors, you know, uncles and aunties in, in the neighborhood. I mean, all of whom had, you know, some exotic things. I mean, none of them were collecting these things, but they all had something exotic. And so I was going around begging for anything that I could find. And gradually, out of that, I built up a collection of coins from many places around the world, but also coins from the Indian past. And I think, you know, one of the most fascinating stories about this is that, so about that time when I was about nine or nine or thereabouts, my grandmother heard that I was uh, collecting coins. I mean, my grandmother died when I was 10. So this can't have been much later than that. And so she went into her dresser and coins and gave them to me. Uh, many of them were from, from the pre-independence period or from the immediate period after independence, coins that were in use for a short time and then went out of circulation. And the absolutely fascinating thing was the one paisa, the one paisa, one paisa coin uh, you know, it's just because in those days, a rupee used to be 64 pice, uh, the, the, which had a hole in it. So it was copper coin in the, with a hole in the middle of it. So, you know, as a child, that was really fascinating. But there was one coin that she gave me, you know, which um, absolutely held my fascination because she told me that it was made of silver, which frankly, as a child, you think, oh, it must, must be really valuable. But the other thing that she told me is that it was in our family for a very long time. So to keep it carefully... Now, why she gave it to a nine-year-old kid, God only knows, but she did. And for the longest time, I couldn't figure out what this coin was because it has right and it has an image of uh, Ram and Sita and Lakshman on one side, and the other side has a uh, Ram holding coat with Ram, Lakshman, Sita, you know, Bharat, Chaturgan, Hanuman, a whole lot. And it's got writing on it, which basically says Sri Ram, Janaki, Lakshman, and all that. I mean, so you know, there's no name of kings. It had a date on it, which half of which was erased. So I had no idea where this coin came from. You know, if it, you know, if there was a king that who had um, uh, minted this coin, then there was certainly no name of any king on it. And so this coin puzzled me for the longest time until three years ago, and just before the pandemic, I was in India and I went to the Indian Museum in Calcutta, uh, and I was roaming around looking at uh, various things in the museum. It's a fascinating collection in general. I got to the coin section and I see this coin on display. Uh, you know, you can, I mean, you can hear the excitement in my voice even now that I'd had this coin for nearly 40 years and suddenly I found out what this was. So it's called a Ramtanka. It was minted in 1683 in Ayodhya as a souvenir for people who visited the Ram Temple in Ayodhya. Um, and that was basically what it was. Um, it was minted with the same date for a very long time. Uh, it's not a particularly valuable coin, but uh, the fact that it's got this family association is what made it so valuable for me. So, you know, my coin collection was all uh, made out of going around and begging people for coins, but slowly I had managed to collect coins from many countries and from a very diverse period in history as well. That was my story. Um, <clears throat> so, guys, how long did you carry on with this um, hobby? It's all gone, man. It all, I think, happened till... Uh, I don't even know if I carried it into high school. Probably middle school was where I was doing a lot of this. Uh, I mean, I have coins and notes now from all my international travels, so I have collected them all in a big Ziploc bag, and I 
Uh, I keep something from every country that I go to, uh, just as a, as a memorabilia, but not really as a serious collector. Yeah, but I think all that stuff that I was doing with stamps and coins, at least, was more middle school. I don't even think it went into high school. I kind of probably gave away most of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, yeah, for me, it's kind of ended at like uh, late middle school, early high school, ninth, tenth grade. Uh, partly because you know the, the, your focus kind of shifts into the other things, but and to we just point, yeah, I, I keep like a coin or or a or a, like a currency bill, could be a pound, could be sterling, whatever. But not not seriously. But there are other three things that I seriously collect. Um, not sure if I ever talked about it. So shot glasses. Everywhere I go, I get a shot glass. <laughs> uh, if, it's not just a city, but it's an attraction. If there's a unique hotel like Peabody in Memphis, every unique attraction I go to, every city I go to, every state I go to. So I have about give or take 300 shot glasses. And uh, my wife collects magnets. Uh, a magnet, not simply that says, you know, Tennessee or Memphis, but something that has uh, iconic landmark or, or, or something magnets. about a city. Yeah, some, some fridge magnets, exactly. Yeah. But the one thing that I collect the most that I'm very proud of, and uh, I have my India team sitting next to me, and they know very well, is Ganesh mm-hmm. statues. Yes. I have close to 300 Ganesh statues in my house. Uh, I think uh, if I look at it, maybe two or three of them are alike. Like maybe two pairs are alike, but uh, sometimes they're set of six, like, you know, playing the drums and and flute and harmonium, or they are, they are each similar-looking pair where they are reading a book and typing on a computer. Like I have, I have, I have a statue of Ganesha typing on a computer or a laptop. So, so I have these unique collections of Ganesha statues, about 300 of them, and they're scattered all over my house. And, and along that line, I started collecting some uh, handmade uh, Ganesha paintings from uh, local friends I know. Uh, this ex- this hobby actually has become pretty expensive, but uh, I, I like it. I I, I just collect that <laughs> a lot. Yeah, you know, so 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 Neeraj, you know, actually just reflecting on a few things. So uh, Vijay, first and foremost, you know, likewise, I mean, my collection, uh, coin collection hobby was really in when I was in school, but I still have my collection. So everything that I collected back then is with me now. And like you, I go in anywhere I go in the world. I make sure that I collect uh, coins and notes. And the most fascinating thing out of all of that is the collection of coins and notes that are no longer in circulation. So I have Zimbabwean dollars from before the days of hyperinflation. They're worth absolutely nothing, uh, but they are an interesting collection. I have uh, Guaranis from Paraguay, also no longer in circulation. So there are, you know, th- those are the bits that I find the most fascinating things. I mean, I have a whole bunch of European banknotes from before the days of the euro. All of them are not in circulation anymore. So I find them absolutely uh, the, the most interesting part of my co- collection. But Neeraj, you know, like you, um, we've become the collectors of fish magnets. So everywhere we go, we've got to go and hunt out a fish magnet and bring it back. And, um, uh, you know, in COVID times, I never worked from home before COVID. But in COVID times, I was hunting around for where to actually start working at home. And I found that the kitchen was the brightest space. So I set up my office in my kitchen. So my fridge is in the background in every meeting that I have. And there's a whole number of people who've commented on the fact that I have a very rich fridge magnet collection behind me all the time in my meetings. But like, you know, again, Neeraj, like you, I do have, uh, I mean, I don't have 300 Ganesh statues, but I have a reasonable number. Uh, I tend not to buy the very small ones, uh, but as you say, it's a very expensive thing to collect. 
because if you're looking for larger Ganesh statues and especially things that are artistically done, uh, they are not cheap. But, uh, but you know, there's something about them and the you know the really intricate art around Ganesh statues and the, and the immense variety of that art that is fascinating. Of course, you know, as a symbol of good luck, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's valuable by in that respect itself. Sure. But the artwork around it is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. So. So for me, I ran out of the space on the refrigerator for hanging out the magnet. So we, what I did was we bought a magnetic paint. You can get this paint. It's yeah, black yeah. in color. It's magnetic. So we took a wall out of the ki- between kitchen and dining room, painted it all black with the magnetic color, and that's our uh, magnet wall. I think I should post it one day on, on social media to show. It's got uh, all sort of magnets. Uh, and it's not like necessarily the... The good ones. There are some bad ones too, like some simple tons one too, or some. But it's just a collection. And as for Ganesha statue, uh, it's not truly about the cost. It's about if I like it. You know, if I if I go course, to the store yeah. and I, I pick it up, I like it. I just like it, and I bring it. And it just started as a simple thing. I asked a friend. Uh, he was with me at Capital One, ID Bombay guy working with me. I said, hey, you, you know, I've heard Bombay's have some good statues. Uh, Ganesh, can you bring me one? And he brought me one carved on coconut. Uh, it's like yeah. you know, the, 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 it was carved with the no, fibers and all that thing. And mm-hmm. and and that that was the beginning of it. So once I started that, and my wife also picked up that habit. And the team that's visiting me, they brought me one. Unfortunately, the one they brought me is a duplicate one. But you know, <laughs> a Ganesh statue is a Ganesh statue. Don't don't yeah. matter that way. Uh, and and it it, it became semi-obsession but it brings me peace too like when i pick up a Ganesh statue to bring home i don't know i just i'm not a very religious guy as we've talked about it but just bringing one home it's just a kind of uh, yeah, i don't know yeah. it's just it's a it's, a, well, you know, it's like you a know, offset <laughs> I, I mean you know I, i'm exactly like you that uh, you know i don't go out with the purpose of buying a statue but if you see something and you like it then uh, you know i find it quite difficult to resist it so one of our more expensive acquisitions was last year we were in Mumbai and we found, um, I was walking past this shop and I found this jade Ganesh statue on display. And unfortunately, I went back to the shop uh, window a few times and then eventually we ended up buying this one. That ended up being our most expensive art acquisition ever. <laughs> it's quite a large jade statue and jade doesn't come cheap, as you can imagine. <clears throat> but, you know, I'm even laughing. last time I'm laughing. in India... <laughs> See, I'm laughing because uh, five, six years back, I went to this uh, Kashmir store in, in uh, Pune. It's on MG Road. Uh, the guys are from Kashmir. They speak uh, uh, good Hindi, too. And they, they sold me a, a jade uh, statue. Of course, they sold me at double the price. I would have got it from somewhere else. But I was just enamored with it. So I had to buy it. And I bought it. Uh, I, I don't want to quote a price here, but it was uh, it was pretty expensive, and I thought Sonia would not be happy about it. But she was like, "Oh, okay, awesome." And then I had three more friends asking for it, so in the in the future trips to India, I had to bring them the same statue, similar statues. But that jade, and I have another one. I think on pin garnet. The 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 specialty about it is that both of them were carved out of a single stone, exactly. so they are not pieces glued together yeah. Yeah. or or yeah. or. or, or taped together. They are like single piece of stone. So I have a green jade one and I have a pink garnet one. Uh, yeah. Again, I think that, that that was not the idea of our coin and <laughs> stamp collection, but that's what but it this is. is. This is more like a grown-up collection, I have to say. 
definitely because it, you can because, this. because it costs more than begging uncles and aunties for uh, for a coin exactly. or a stamp but vijay you were telling me earlier about collecting exotic things like butterflies tell us a bit more about oh that. that was just a phase in my childhood where at some point we uh, we had a lot of butterflies in our area and we got into this phase of, oh maybe it'll be fun to um collect these butterflies and uh, we ran around and we started bottling them up in bottles and very soon after realized that uh the butterfly actually dies inside the bottle and this isn't exactly good so we stopped that uh so yeah that was like one of the things i mentioned to you earlier but you know i'm going back to what you guys said i was as you guys were starting to talk about what do you collect i was thinking i was starting to write down Now what is it that people collect and uh, Neeraj I think you hit everything because I was thinking of so magnets is, if there's something that we've collected over the years uh, in a very uh, sort of a structured way it's magnets because we love to travel so we've been collecting them and unfortunately right now we don't have them on our fridge they're in a big bag but some day we'll probably your idea is really good uh, Neeraj of doing that sort of a wall I think that's probably the best way to do it and then I was thinking okay people collect ganeshas and shot glasses and you guys hit that and then the other thing i can think of which people collect are snow globes uh, i'm not into it but i know a lot of people do when they travel or, or the for plates. me i have sort of or, or the, the what travel, or the travel plates you know the china the china yes the travel plates yes those are also very popular right uh, we've really at least i've gotten more on a minimalistic uh, trip in the last few years so kind of not really trying to collect but trying to shed stuff if there's anything that i think i still love to buy and collect uh it's probably books i'm still constantly buying uh books when i see something that looks interesting i'll just go ahead and buy it and put it on my bedside and hope to get it get to it someday so that's probably one thing the other thing i used to collect a lot of were music i used to, you know i've had a lot of cd's uh i've digitalized most of that so i'm probably going to give those away at some point and now you know it's so easy to just get the mp3s whatever you want and we finally moved on to a spotify uh subscription with unlimited music so kind of join the modern age yeah so it finally becomes sort of uh, you, you can pretty much get anything on demand so that is sort of gone away but i still have my you know like the pink floyd and grateful dead and all that stuff is still on cd i still have it i have a cd player i listen to it when i can but yeah those are the kinds of things that i have become things that i but I'm, you know in general i'm sort of now trying to shed and get rid of yeah, things yeah, and yeah. maybe magnet is the only thing we kind of make sure we pick up something So talking about CDs and talking about CDs and cassettes I used to collect uh, buy cassettes in Kharagpur a lot and uh, and then I used to be a DJ at the Virginia Tech radio station so I had close to 600 cassettes and 600 plus CDs uh, last two years back during covid sometime uh, through all of them away except for like some that carried a nostalgic value CDs I'm not thrown them but to your point you know i can get them mp3 so i i don't mind getting rid of them either uh and i spotify plus pandora and all that allows us to listen to all the songs uh so yeah i did collect them but i before we go i wanted to ask you one more collection that would sound funny but we all do cables how many of you collect cables I don't collect them but they're all sitting in this huge box in the basement and if I need a cable I go fish around and find one in there so I guess well, I don't know if I collect them the but is, the question is can you ever find the right one Really exactly. so I never I never go, I never I never go looking for them in the box I always end up buying a new one so I have like about 50 ethernet cables and 10 HDMI cables and god how many telephone cables that i have yeah. so i just want to bring it, that out 
Anirat, before you go, I, I think let me ask you just one question. Um, actually, sort of two related questions. Are there things that you would want to collect that you've not collected? Uh, or are there things that you have wanted to collect in the past and then decided that it's just like too much work? I would say photographs of friends. Uh, right, right now, one of the things like say when I connect with people on social media and I look at their photographs or look at their, or meet them in person, it makes me always wonder how did this person look? I, I mean, I have some, you know, memories of you all, right? I know how Vijay looked back in Karakpur days uh, and he hasn't changed much and Shashi, you haven't changed much. But then some of the people I meet, I'm like, I know this guy. I know how he looks now, but I have no recollection of how he looked back then. So if anything, I would be, I wish I was much more, and I did collect photographs, but as I said, I was not emotionally attached to them. So when they got lost, I didn't care, they got lost. But now when I'm goodly reflecting back in the past, whether it's fans, families, I'm always wishing I had the photographs from my childhood days or their younghood days and all those things. So that's one thing I would say. Yeah, I I mean, I guess if there's one thing that I wish I had more of an appreciation of in my younger days, and it's not like I collect those now, but, you know, art is something that I kind of got into more later in my life, at least starting to appreciate some of the things. And I think uh, we had a lot of opportunities uh, in India also, even when we were there for three years, uh, we picked up a couple of, you know, paintings by some local artists in India. Very, very nice, right? And uh, Perhaps if I had paid more attention to art in my younger days, I might have a few more things that uh, would be really nice to have. You know, right now, a lot of what we put on our walls is, is more like photographs and pictures that I've taken yeah, or we've yeah. taken. So that's yeah. one thing maybe I could have had a better appreciation of. But, you know, it's yeah. fine. You know. <laughs> well, well, you know, um, so I, I, I agree. I think you know, these are expensive things to collect. And you know, we have started collecting some art. Again, nothing sort of very expensive or very exotic, but things that we like. Uh, but they're all original artwork. And, you know, part of the satisfaction of collecting original artwork is the satisfaction to know that you are supporting somebody's art and not just some commercial farm that's printing photographs or prints and things of that kind. That's precisely so, that, That's precisely the emotion, actually, because when we did that, we felt really good. Uh, and the quality of the art was really good. These were people who were just not known, I guess, right? They were yeah, uh, aspiring yeah. to get known, but it's you're kind of supporting them, but yeah, also fact, collecting something the, good. Yeah, in fact, one of the big paintings that's in our living room, um, we actually got it commissioned with a studio that provides um, training and support for street children. So street children are uh, trained to become artists. And so we commissioned this one. You know, it came out very cheap, of course, because you can imagine that th this is not an expensive place to get things done. But the children are really good at this kind of stuff. And so that hangs on our wall. And every time I look at it, one, it's a beautiful piece of work. <clears throat> But also the emotion that goes along with it is something very fascinating. You know, there are two things that I have wanted to collect. You know, one was, uh, I mean, I guess you guys know about my obsession with my grandfather's car. And for a long time, I had this obsession of I wanted to be a vintage car collector. And then I realized it's too much work and too much money, and it's just not worth the time. So, you know, you can look at the cars um, in shows and you can look at the cars on the streets, but it's not worth having one. But the other thing that's an absolute fascination for me, it's a very expensive hobby, but uh, you know, I could, uh, if I could get to it, I would, is collection of pottery. And I'm not talking about sort of exotic pottery, you know, sort of beautifully done. I like more of the historic pottery that tells you more about um, civilizations. The problem with that is that 
distinguishing between things that are collected and things that are stolen is very difficult, which is why I've never got into it. But uh, it's one thing, you know, when I go to museums, um, they're not the things that are the, the prettiest to look at, but I obsess about them quite a lot. But hey, guys, you know, just let me finish with one thing. Uh, <clears throat> so I've never been a stamp collector in my life. But just last month, I got given, uh, I, as you guys know, you know, I'm on the board of Royal Mail. And the last few months has been quite intense over there. <clears throat> so as a recognition for all the work that I've been doing, the chairman of the board gave me what's called a penny black. So the penny black was the first postage stamp issued anywhere in the world. Started being issued in 1840. I mean, it's not a particularly rare stamp, but it's still worth quite a lot if it's in good condition. So it was issued for, you know, I don't know, 50 or 60 years. Um, <clears throat> started being issued in 1840. And uh, this was the start of the real postal system in the world. The penny black was basically a one penny stamp that uh, that that is all you had to pay for a letter to go from anywhere to anywhere in the UK. So although I've never been a stamp collector, this penny black now sits very nicely in my living room in a nice display case. So that is, uh, it's not going to be the start of a new stamp collection. It's one that I feel very proud of now. Awesome. Hey, that's definitely awesome. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I wish I had my old collection of stamps and coins just to reflect on it. But uh, somehow, I, many things have made me nostalgic here. I'm going to go digging into my uh, the box. When I go back home, India, I'm going to start digging into the box and see. Yeah, I, I, I told you that I found the coins when my dad's collected, but I'm going to go look those, yeah. some of that stuff. Yeah, so I mean, this was this was a good nostalgic trip for me. <laughs> hey, if, if it's jogged a few memories and if it makes you go and look for some of these things, that's a that's an hour well spent. Yep. All right, guys. Look, this this has been an interesting discussion. Uh, I think we should sign off now. Uh, we will be back again next week. This is the Indian Diaspora podcast. This is your host Shashi, uh, along with my co-hosts Vijay and Neeraj. We will be back again next week with a new topic. Uh, I look forward to seeing you then.